Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Welcome, everybody, to a, another episode um, here on Bearing the Burdens podcast through Elan Restoration Fellowship. I am your host, Pastor Rabbi Billy Elias. I am back in the studio with my daughter, Caroline. As we are going to continue um, in the series that we just started, King James, His Version, and Theology Today. Caroline, welcome back for another great episode. Thank you for having me back. Of course. Now, we left off last time with the death of Anne Boleyn. Yeah. And her child, her and um, King Henry had a child we know as Elizabeth. Yes. And you had mentioned um, early on, or, or later in that last bro- a podcast that we did, that Elizabeth was went through a lot of trauma. So it's important that we start to, in today's episode, we're going to compare Elizabeth and Mary, Queen of Scots. Okay. And, and where the conflict begins, why the conflict begins. And of course, we know that this is, in a nutshell, Catholicism mm-hmm. versus... The Church of England, okay. Protestantism, yeah. right? So explain a little bit about what you were talking about last time when it came to Elizabeth and the trauma that she suffered at the hands of the brother of Jane Seymour. Yeah, so uh, Elizabeth spent some time with Thomas Seymour where she was uh, raped and molested and even his wife knew about it and didn't really care for it. Um, but her childhood was really traumatic. She was basically like a foster child. She was in and out of homes and had to deal with the fact that her father didn't want her and she was dealing uh, with being illegitimate. Yeah, so she's illegitimate. The king really doesn't want to recognize her because, you, like you said earlier, the debate as to whether or not Anne Boleyn was actually a queen. Um, Elizabeth is thrown aside. Yeah. She's being molested. She's being raped. Seymour's wife knows about it. And she didn't even Doesn't care. care yeah. Does nothing. Mm-hmm. And this is going to severely affect the way she reigns when yeah. she becomes um, the, the queen of England. So let me ask you this. When we talk about the Seymours, were they of the Church of England or were they Catholic? Yeah, so the Seymours were very Catholic. Um, Jane was actually Catholic when she married Henry, who was now Protestant of the time. Okay, so um, so the whole Seymour family were Catholic. Yes. So now we have Elizabeth, who is eventually going to be the monarch of the Church of England. So she's now seen the switch from Catholicism to Protestantism. She's going and she's living with a family that are doing all these unspeakable sexual things to her, deviants, and they're Catholic. Yeah, and they're Catholic. And she was a Protestant. And she was a Protestant. Yes. So this is, you know, again, now it's important because we have to draw the, the contrast. So now we go back and let's talk about Mary, Queen of Scots. Now yes. this gets interesting, right? Because Mary's Catholic. Yes, very Catholic. Her mom is Marie de Marie de Guise and her father is James, uh, James V. The James V. So Marie de Guise, French. Um, Catholic. Yes. James V, Scotland, Catholic. Yes. 
So as King Henry is off uh, fighting the battle of... um, Calais. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so uh, James V was killed on English soil, which caused a lot of issues, um, even with the French... Although the French were kind of always a threat to Scotland, they became they became weaker without a king, as you know, an infant was a queen. So uh, Mary had to be sent away to a nunnery for her protection, where she lived there for most of her childhood. And then the English actually made an attempt on her life in that nunnery. So then she was sent to the French court, where she would marry Francis the first. Right, and I, and so the thing that that now we again now we have to start drawing the parallels. Mary, Queen of Scots, as we, we, she, she is known, Mary de Guise, her father was killed by Catherine of Aragon. Yes. Yeah. So you have, this is, because this is now interesting, Henry, who's was a Protestant, is married to um, Catherine of Aragon while they were still married, who also was um, Catholic. Yes. Then they got divorced, but Catherine kills... King James V on English soil, yeah, which caused Mary, who was now going to have, or she was now as an infant, like you said, the Queen of Scotland. Yeah. So they had to hide her. Yeah, she because she was like a, she was a serious threat to a lot of people, especially since with the rise of Protestantism in uh, Scotland, she was a huge threat. Right, because I know there was a lot of Scottish nobles. That embraced Protestantism only because of the favor that they were being granted by King Henry. And so the papacy was beginning to lose its hold on a once Catholic country in Scotland. Right. And so we have Elizabeth, who is of the Church of England, living with the Seymours. Yeah, so she did live there for a couple of years. And now we have the future, or no, she actually is the queen yeah. of Scotland, even though she's an infant, mm-hmm. sent to a monastery, a nunnery. Yeah, where she lived. A Catholic nunnery. Yeah. But like the thing with Mary is, she, it's very interesting, her reign, how she was very for religious freedom, how she allowed there to be Protestants and Catholics, and one of them to live in harmony. So I found that almost the very interesting of her ideal, which just failed. Which it, would right. ultimately lead to her death. Okay, so this is this is really good. So now we come to King Henry in the last days of his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Christian Christendom, Christendom knew that Henry was dying. Yeah. And there were really only two viable heirs to the throne. Elizabeth, who was his daughter. Yes. And Mary. And how was Mary, Mary, you know, we know her, Mary, Queen of Scots. What was her claim to the English throne? So she was claiming it through her grandmother, Mary Margaret Tudor, which is the sister to Henry. And she did actually have a very strong claim, even stronger than Elizabeth, since she was illegitimate. Her father was no longer married to her mother. Right, and I think that was that's a big thing that, that we have to understand, the legitimacy of secession. 
Yeah. With the throne and Elizabeth, because she was pushed away by Henry, there were a lot of nobles that said that they wouldn't recognize her because they never recognized Anne as the true queen of England. But Margaret was Henry's sister and had a legitimate claim to the throne. Yeah. And, you know, um, Mary was killed. Yeah. I mean, not Mary. I'm sorry. Her father was yeah, killed. Yeah, her father was killed. So she still had that claim. Yeah, she had a really strong claim for sure. I mean, especially with French breathing, other uh, French breathing down her back, she had a lot of pressure to claim the throne when Mary Tudor would eventually die from her illnesses. Right. Who was currently queen at the time. Right. So Mary Tudor is queen at the time. Now, Mary Queen of Scots is married to King Francis in France. Yeah. And she's getting pressure from not only from, from King Henry, who's the, the king of France, but Catherine de Medici. And I, and I think that's important for us to understand is because Catherine de' Medici wants to keep everything Catholic. Yeah. And there is a Protestant uprising beginning in France, but Catherine de' Medici wants to keep this Catholic and they want Mary, Queen of Scots, to stay as a Catholic monarch. Yeah. And the pressure from the papacy, the pressure from Henry... The pressure from Catherine de' Medici, because if she can claim the throne of England, she can now say, I am a Catholic monarch that's going to go back to England and claim it for the papacy and for Catholicism. Yes, that was like one of the bigger issues was to fix political and religious strife throughout the um, kingdom. So if Mary uh, were to claim England, it would bring back the Catholicism that they wanted, especially coming... Especially with the pressure coming from very powerful people like Catherine de Medici and Henry. She was under a lot of pressure to do it. Right. And so now we're, we're starting to see this, right? Elizabeth, we know in her reign, hates Catholicism. Yeah. Uh, just hates it. Yeah. She hates it. Whereas Mary, Queen of Scots, does not hate Protestantism but wants that freedom... Of religion. Yeah. And when we say freedom of religion, of course, they were talking about you're actually not religion. What we would say today is freedom of denomination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting because all of this politics, all of this fighting is really about who politically is going to have the power in Christendom. Yeah. Is it going to be the monarch who is the king or queen of England? Or is it going to be the Pope and the papacy in Rome? Yeah. So this is really not about theology or, or scripture or a relationship with who Jesus is. This has nothing to do with theology, but has everything to do with politics. Is that and, something that and, you... Would... Yeah, politics and power. That's, that was the main thing. Right, politics and power. Because again, Henry is the head of the Church of England, and yeah. my goodness... Yeah, he could get away with anything. Oh my God, this guy was awful. He could divorce any wife he wanted, kill any wife he wanted. He never had to deal with the Pope. And he, he, was, he had the freedom to do what he wanted as a king that he wouldn't have had under the Pope, which is one of the things he really, really wanted when he was a king. Right. 
And so, I mean, really, one of the things we also know from Scripture is attitude reflects leadership. So if the leader of your church is beheading his wives, not just one, how many? Two. Two wives. Two wives, putting others in exile, um, you know, and then is a just, he, he's just a womanizer. Yeah. You know, this is going to affect the people. The people who are now underneath him, the bishops, um, the archbishops who are, are supposed to be helping administer Christianity to the people in need. Um, and we're going to talk about how that gave rise to Puritanism, right? Because the Puritanism, and when that, that was a new denomination that was coming up, and that's going to show up later because they didn't want the man in Rome telling them what they do, and they didn't want the king of England or the queen of England telling them what to do. They wanted to get away from everything, and they wanted to say, quote, we're going to keep this by the pure word. Of course, the issue becomes, where is the pure word coming from? Because there's all different translations at this time, yeah. and, and, and there's, there's illiteracy running throughout both kingdoms. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on here. So let's talk about that last, those days, okay? So it's almost like a race to the throne. Yeah. So Henry dies. Yeah, so Henry dies. His son takes over, who was extremely young and extremely ill. He eventually dies, and then there's Mary Tudor, who was the daughter of Catherine of Aragon, and Henry VIII. She takes the crown, but she's also very very Catholic. So she was trying to bring Catholicism back to England. And that's why she's actually called Bloody Mary because she was executing so many Protestants. Okay, and this is not Mary Queen of Scots we're talking about. Mary this Tudor. is Mary Tudor. And this is important for understanding Elizabeth and her reign. Yeah. Bloody Mary. So that drink that some people drink, Bloody Mary, she was legit having people, and not only... Yeah, she was executing them by the thousands. And not only executing them, if I'm not mistaken, she, they were going to be hanged and they were going to be drawn and quartered unto death. Oh, I'm sure she did that too. Right. So we're not just talking about lopping the heads off. We're talking about severe torture. Oh, I'm, yeah. Yeah, but she was also uh, very ill too. So when she started becoming more sick... You really start to um, see uh, Elizabeth's presence and Mary, Queen of Scots' presence in England. And it really, that's when you felt the pressure from both sides coming in. But um, when Mary did die, it was Elizabeth who was able to claim the throne. Right. So, you know, and, and now you have Mary Tudor who was Catholic and was just waging war against Protestantism. Not only in England, but if I'm not mistaken, in Scotland as well. Oh, yeah, no, there was a political strife was everywhere at this point. Right, so we're talking about Scottish nobles that were Protestant were finding themselves even more at odds. And, you know, I've often thought of this because Mary Tudor being, um, Mary Tudor being Catholic, you would think that Mary, Queen of Scots, while she was at the nunnery, would be safe or at least be able to come out of exile. Well, the issue with that was Mary, Queen of Scots, also had a claim to the English throne. She was extremely dangerous to Mary's reign because, again, Mary uh, Tudor was illegitimate. 
She was the daughter of Catherine of Aragon, the person who Henry divorced. So Who killed Mary, Queen of Scots' father. Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot going on. You see, but this is the mess. This is a mess. And a lot of it's disguised under religion. But like you said earlier, it's about politics and power. Yeah, that's all it's about. Right. So now Mary Tudor dies. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth immediately steps up and claims the throne. Yeah. So um, Mary Tudor um, does name Elizabeth as her heir to the throne because she wanted to keep the line of secession going. She did not want to give the throne to Mary Queen of Scots because if Scotland had England, they would now have England, Ireland, and Scotland. That's that's four, three countries, and then France. So that's four countries. It would have been. All those tied together, and they didn't want anyone to have that type of power. Okay, so see, and so now it comes down to, again, a political power. But now we understand why Elizabeth hated Catholicism the way she did. Yeah. Because she was sexually abused by a Catholic family. Mary Tudor killed... Catholics by the thousands. And uh, we know that those two did not get along. They sent very angry letters to each other. Even uh, Elizabeth was accused of creating an uprising against Mary Tudor. And an uprising, and if I remember this correctly too, it was an uprising of Protestant nobles. Yeah, yeah. So she, from even that 15-year-old, 14-year-old reign, that 14 or 15-year-old Elizabeth had already been indoctrinated into the Church of England. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was because of the way she was raised. Yeah. And so she raises, or is accused of trying to raise an army of English noblemen to overthrow the Catholic Queen. Yeah. So, and so the irony is the Catholic Queen on her deathbed names Elizabeth the successor Mm -hmm. because she was too afraid of another Catholic queen who was hidden away in a monastery. She'd rather have a Protestant than a Catholic just because of power and politics. Right. And at this time now, Mary Queen of Scots is the Queen of France. Yes, yeah, so she marries Francis and she's the Queen of France. She's yeah. the Queen of France. Um, and I think it's important when we talked about Elizabeth at the time when she was with the Seymours and... Mary, Queen of Scots, was at the monastery. It was Protestant noblemen that tried to have her killed. It was everyone who tried to have her killed. It, and But it was more of the, the noblemen at court. Now, the question becomes, were the noblemen at court acting through orders of Mary Tudor? Or did they decide on their own? Because I, I don't know that I've ever heard an actual answer as to who actually tried to have her killed while she was... And it was poison. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, honestly, it was probably from Mary. I mean, we don't know. But for nobles to rise up like that and try to kill a monarch without um, queen approval is really just kind of hard to believe. And those people would just... It's just they'd be too power hungry to be... 
still be nobles and not somewhere important. And yeah, and the irony is that's it's regicide, and at that time regicide was very frowned upon. Yeah, you do not kill a monarch. Yeah, no, that's you don't. Yeah. And yet, the king of Scotland was killed at battle, and it kind of went. It really upset, like just the power, the power balance, and everything. Just kind of, it was really. I feel like that moment that really determined everything that was going to happen. Wow. So I mean, so now we're going to start. We're seeing it now. The contrast, and yeah. we're seeing how the two are about to go head to head, which directly affects King James. Um, so what a great episode! Um, again, my my Caroline, thank you so much for being involved in this episode. Um, episode three is going to be coming up. And um, as always, to all of you listening, um, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom peace. In the precious name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, our glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace.